Once the inspector's done on the property, a phone call. You have to get a phone call. If you're not getting a phone call, tell them to shove up their ass. And uh, I would be even asking that question when you actually go make the calls and try find the right inspector to see if they do do that again. G'day and welcome to the Making With Miles podcast where we discuss all things related to building constructions, renovations, the real estate industry through the lens of a building inspector and every now and then we talk a little bit of shit about some personal development stuff because you know what, I like that and everyone should be a part of it. So on this episode, we'll be discussing all things related to pre-purchase building inspections and what is best practice. So what you should be expecting, what you should be doing, depending on who you are listening to this. Now, first things first, we need to set the scene. The real estate industry, from what I learn, is the most emotional place where people can make some big mistakes and they're freaking out left, right and center because you know what? They're investing all their entire life savings plus 30 years of debt for a home. So as you can imagine, it's a pretty important time for people to make the right decision. And that being said, there's a number of people throughout the transaction of buying and selling homes, which makes it uh, all come together. You've got your real estate agents, you've got your conveyances, you've got your building inspectors, so on, so on. Okay, so these people, you really need to be professionals. You want the best people you can get because you're spending billions, not yet, but millions of dollars on properties and you want to make sure you're making a smart decision. So that being said, from my point of view as a building inspector, something I come across um, a fair bit is a lot of emotion and concern and worry from uh, our our job in particular. The building report itself can make or break the sale of a home. It might get some buyers excited. It might get some buyers scared. They might do the runner. It can ruin the vendor's situation where the home, the major defects have come up and it's just completely ruined the whole process itself. It's something you need to tread lightly, be careful of and be mindful of when you are dealing with clients or when you're being dealt with by building inspectors. Okay. So first things first, we're going to talk about, we're just going to go through the process of what a good building inspector should look like. Okay. So what the process should be. Okay. So this is my point of view and how I see the best practice occur based on what I've learned throughout the last many years of doing uh, inspections and the feedback I get from, uh, well, most clients and agents and conveyances and everyone associated uh, with that purchase. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk through the process itself from start to finish and then sort of recap on how that all looks, all right? So first things first, you want to be searching for local inspectors, okay? So you can do that online, obviously. Uh, you can speak to real estate agents. Now, there's a lot of times clients get a bit worried going with the recommended inspector from the real estate agent. Now, don't get me wrong, sometimes they might be you know, working for the agent and try to get the sale through and hide bits and pieces. Now, if they are doing that as a building inspector they would have to be the most fucking stupidest inspectors that you're going to come across because they're leaving themselves open for some hefty liability because what we do uh, we can get our asses handed to us if we miss things or get things wrong or change the way manipulate the way the report is written uh, to help benefit the agent so in most circumstances, the agents are going to nominate people that they find are not useless. What I've come across, they'll give a list of maybe three people and they're usually local people that they've dealt with before. These are the guys that can communicate well. They just go and get the job done. <clears throat> they get good feedback from their clients and they're definitely not the ones that 
uh, the type of inspectors that make this whole process difficult, okay? So some inspectors, what you can come across is that they cover in their asses a bit too much and there might be a minor defect. So say like I'm very minor tap leak and they'll put it as a major defect and, you know, don't buy the house, freak everyone out. And it just completely ruins the whole process when it's a simple $2 fix. It's not a big deal. It's a general maintenance item at the worst, okay? So things like that is um, what you're going to get from real estate agents. Other than that, conveyances are very good to get some uh, guidance of a good building inspector. Reasons why is because they actually read our reports, okay? So they they work much more closely, obviously, with first-home buyers and make sure when they get their building reports, they help you know communicate a few things. And when there are major structural defects and people have to get out of contracts, they're reading through the whole report. They're seeing all the details associated with it and they get a good understanding of who comes across their desks uh, more often, locally, more or less, and they can also steer you in the right direction. So you can get some good, good guidance from that, okay? So online, obviously, which is Google reviews, that sort of stuff. Be mindful, some of these big inspection companies have some guys that are pretty useless as well, but they've got good re- good reviews. I would probably steer towards conveyances and real estate agents to be sort of the best, or even actually those Facebook community groups, I must admit. They seem to recommend the right people for the right job, which is um, good, and that's just all you know genuine feedback, okay? So you've done your search, you've shortlisted your, you know, your inspectors that you think are worth uh, giving the call. You're going to make those calls, okay? There's a few things you want to be getting. You want to get the price of the inspection itself, you want to be getting things like their lead times, which is important, and definitely their qualifications. With regards to the qualifications, uh, f- here in Victoria, you don't need to be a registered building practitioner. You can be Joe below off the street to come in and do a building report and provide it to a client. The only thing that is an issue here is if there, and the only reason this has occurred is because the REIV have adjusted the standard templated uh, contract to get out of a contract based on the building report, you need to be a registered building practitioner. So that's something to be mindful of. I've probably done a couple of episodes of it early days, have a gaze of it. But what that really looks like is you're better off just getting a registered building practitioner definitely here in Victoria, to get out of the contract. If a major defect is picked up and you want to exit the contract, it needs to be picked up by a registered building practitioner. So if you've engaged someone that is not a registered builder, what the conveyances will do is play the legalities, which is what they do, and they'll go too fucking bad, mate. You're not a registered builder. The report means nothing. There'd be a back and forth. So you'll end up engaging another building inspector, pay another $600 to get a report written by somebody that is a registered building practitioner just to meet the contractual uh, obligations to exit that contract. So be mindful. Qualifications is key, okay? You need to ensure you get the right person for the right job. Is it necessary? No, it doesn't have to be that way, but if you do come across defects and you've got to exit the contract, you want to be uh, one step ahead and have the right people on board. Other than that, you will be looking at price and availability. So when you go into a contract of sale, and we're going to just, we're not talking about doing pre-purchase inspections prior to putting in an offer. We're going to do the standard what most people do, which is they put in an offer, it's accepted, and it's subject to finance and a building and pest inspection. It comes down to the lead time. So the contract itself is going to say how many days you have to get that building inspection completed. Usually it's seven to 14 days. If it's anything less than seven, you tell the client uh, to speak to their conveyancer and shove it up their ass because it's hard to get someone in that time frame. Yeah, so seven to 14 days, which is usually pretty pretty achievable for, for most inspectors, okay? But they might be flat out or going away and they can't meet that deadline. So make sure they can uh, meet that and you're all good. Price is something very uh, variable, okay? So you might get the guys that aren't registered builders and they're charging bugger all and they might give you the bump steer and, and shaft you in that, in that situation. With regards to most prices, you're probably looking between 
I'm going to say 550 and 650, 700 for a building and timber pest inspection by a registered building practitioner and a licensed pest controller. Ticks all the boxes. It's all nice and neat and you get the right person for the right job. But you want to get those prices, okay? Just remember, like with most things, the cheapest price definitely isn't always the best. The most expensive price definitely isn't always the best. You want to work on things like, have they been referred to by other people? What is their communication skills like? That's a probably another important thing, which we'll get to shortly. And as well as that, you want to understand, um, even get a sample report, see what the reports look like, see how much detail they go into, okay? It's pretty important to understand those types of things when you're getting this you know, short list of inspectors, okay? So while you're going through and you're shortlisting inspectors, one thing you want to understand is how well they communicate to you over the phone, all right? I think this is probably the most important part of the whole process is the communication, the verbal communication of the inspector themselves, okay? So when they're picking up the phone call, are they responsive? Can they communicate well? If you have any questions, are they answering them? Uh, you know, you wanna make sure that these people can actually speak to you and explain things to you and hit them up with a couple of questions about what they do, what they cover, what they don't cover. You'll hear them rambling all off and all that sort of type of stuff like I do here and you'll understand that they you know, have, not, have a clue, they know what they're talking about and you can sort of trust what they're going to say moving forward, okay? So that's very, very important, okay? You want someone that can communicate well because if they can't communicate well, which we'll speak towards in the back end, it can make your life uh, very difficult and you might even start losing the opportunity to buy a really good house just because they can't speak to you on the phone. Now, you've decided on what inspector you want to go with, you crack on, you book them all in. Now, there's a lot of different processes that some inspectors do. Me, for example, I built a whole online booking portal app uh, with a mate, which makes the whole process easier because I hate doing admin, which is like what most tradespeople hate. Some might want to take a, an initial deposit. Some might want to take, they'll have to take most of your details anyway. They might want full payment up front. I know a few people do that. Some inspectors I do um, speak with. Whatever the process is, crack on, go move forward with that. Now, what's going to happen after you make that booking request is the inspector themselves is up to them to book and organize a time with whoever is in charge of that property to do the inspection, okay? So what I do in particular, booking request is made, deposits paid, everyone's all happy. I know exactly when I have to get it done by within the next 10, seven, seven days, whatever it is. I get on the phone, I call the booking, I call the agent who is selling the property and I say to them, right, I'm gonna organize a time and date and usually they can make it happen quite easily, which is good. Once that process occurs, ideally what you want is you want your inspector to, con to continue communicating with you, okay? So right at the start, we discuss things about how emotional and how much people freak out over everything. So if you haven't texted your client or you haven't received a text from your inspector or any sort of communication to say that it has been confirmed for this day, you will receive the report the same day or maybe the next morning, whatever they whatever they sort of do. You want to make sure that, the, again, this communication channel is very open and everyone's understandable of what's occurring. You can mitigate that stress. So what's going to happen next is the inspector is going to head out on the day, do the inspection, finish up, do the Harold Holt, and they're going to make a phone call. If your inspector is not making a phone call to discuss the property before you get the reports, trust me, it is the worst okay and the reason being because of this high strung emotional sort of state when you just get given a blind report as a as a novice buyer or a first home buyer okay you are bombarded with a 90 page document with all these pictures of all these issues on the property okay? but that being said it's it that doesn't mean much to the novice person. The novice person needs to understand that all these defects, for example, we might have 70 pages of, of documentation and most of it you know, is just bullshit jargon as we, as we understand about most reports. But all the important things is these might just be completely normal. These might just be minor defects, 
maintenance items, things that are expected. You, you can have an awesome house for the age of it and it be a 70-page document and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're giving someone a blind report, 70 pages of issues, they're going to sit back and freak out thinking they've just bought an absolute piece of shit, okay? So that communication is very critical, okay? And that, for me, what that is, is I make a phone call, speak to the client, say, right, talk them through the whole process, got inside the roof cavity, couldn't get here, couldn't get there. Everything up there was good. You, you, you want that communication, you want that feel of what, you, you know, what, how I interpret the property for the client so they can understand it from my point of view. And that's why what we do is, is really important that we, you know, communicate very well. Inside the roof cavity, go inside the house, all right, yep. Bedrooms are fine. Living room areas were fine. The bathrooms, the main master ensuite had signs of water leaks, all right? And then from that defect, you explain a bit further just to give some clarity on it. And it could be simple as the house was built in the 70s. There's no waterproofing, hasn't been maintained. The grout's coming off the wall. The tiles are still there, but there's a bit of water getting in somewhere in that wall cavity. The whole back wall isn't full of mold and full of water and it's a pain in the ass. It might just be a small section which is getting a little drip in. But from a client's perspective, you just want to hear from the inspector's point of view what you know, what they think about the actual property itself and how severe some of these things are because we, like, we do it every single day. So for us, it's easy to... Again, once the inspector's done on the property, a phone call. You have to get a phone call. If you're not getting a phone call time shut up their ass and uh, i would be even asking that question when you actually go make the calls and try find the right inspector to see if they do do that okay which i like to think most would but there's some circumstances where they don't they just give you a report and do the herald hot once that phone call is done obviously you'll be sitting there either shitting yourself or you'll be stoked and you'll be waiting for that report to come through ideally you should be getting the report that day or that evening okay worst case scenario it'll be first thing uh, the following morning okay if it's if it's getting pushed out two days, they're absolutely useless. And the problem is with that is that they're obviously like, I can't remember what I did this morning for breakfast, let alone two days prior in an inspection on a property. So I don't know what they're doing, but it's definitely not what you want to be getting. Okay, so be mindful of that when you're getting the reports. And to follow up with that is if you've got any questions or queries, these inspectors need to be made available to have a you know, have a chat with you. They've left the inspection. They've had a chat about all those bits and pieces. Now you've issued the report. Now you should be able to have the capacity if you have any questions, any queries, need more clarity, okay? Because it's hard to get every single defect out over a phone call and usually what's in the report, there might be just a couple of things be like, oh, I'm not too sure on this or what about this or can you expand on that and just have that capacity so the clients can actually understand what's going on. And from a client's point of view, like, yeah, you're building an inspector, you're paying, like, you know, you're paying them big bucks to, to inspect this property. It's a big decision. You fucking ask every question you need to make sure you can leave comfortable, understanding exactly what you're going to get and you know when you get that report and you move into that house, everything on that report, it all makes sense. You action what you go to action and you can just go from there, okay? So to follow up, the best practices that I see for being a building inspector and for pre-purchase building inspectors in particular is to first do the search. Conveyances are always good. Agents are acceptable and online presence is um acceptable as well obviously you understand the issues you can get with online and the agents but the conveyances always seem to be pretty good from my point of view make the calls get your prices get the lead times that's very important make sure that the building inspector can actually communicate with you and doesn't sound like an absolutely useless idiot on the phone and wants to help you wants to engage ask those questions see if they are switched on or if they are just you know a tick box sort of person and they're going to go in go out and crack on all right cheapest price isn't the best make sure they're qualified and experienced 
person, right? Because they need to ensure that if you have any major structural defects or any major issues or timber pest infestation, that they have the right qualifications that meets the contractual obligations for you to exit that contract, okay? Here in Victoria, the main two things is registered building practitioner and licensed pest controller. Make the booking, pay the deposit, or you might be paying the full payment, all right? Inspector's gonna go out, he's gonna tell you that it is booked in for the site. He will be organizing all those types of things, okay? Then, when he's on site and done, he'll give you a phone call, have a chin wag, just a verbal overview of the property before issuing the reports, which you should be getting that day, if not worst case. The earlier next day. And once you receive those reports, the inspector should have capacity to answer any questions, clear up a couple of things, all those types of things. And even you know, the agent should be made available to the inspector. The conveyancer should be made available to the inspector. They should be able to have the same conversation with the buyer as they would with the vendor, as they would with the conveyancer, as they would with anyone about all the issues that are at the property and be confident on what their decision is moving forward okay so that's my view of what i think are the so that's my view of the best practice for pre-purchase building inspections now if you're out there buying homes all those types of things be mindful make sure this is exactly how you do it if you're even in victoria actually i'm based in sunbury mass and rangers areas if you need to chop out give me a call i might be one of the ones to help you out if needed if not that's all good hope you enjoyed the episode and we will see you on the next one and take it sleazy Let's go.